Bitcoin's high energy use. Not a fault, but a feature. One controversy that has dogged Bitcoin almost since its inception is its energy consumption. In today's polarised world, it is a controversy that will not go away. There are those who argue that Bitcoin's energy consumption is an unethical waste. There are others who will argue that it is not Bitcoin's energy consumption we need to worry about, but big governments. Indeed, Bitcoin's energy consumption could ultimately prove environmentally friendly. I'm in the latter camp. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to explain Bitcoin's energy consumption, why it's essential, how it's a feature, not a fault, and how it will ultimately prove environmentally friendly because of the way in which it accelerates the adoption of renewable energy. Today, we focus on why Bitcoin's power consumption is both inherent and essential. Bitcoin does consume extraordinary amounts of electricity. The latest estimate is that the annual energy consumption to maintain the network is roughly equivalent to the annual energy consumption of the Netherlands. Can't we just redesign it so it consumes less? The answer is a flat no. Bitcoin's power consumption is built in. It's called proof of work, and without it, Bitcoin would not work. Indeed, the network is so strong because of its electricity consumption. Let me explain proof of work. In 1997, a young English computer programmer by the name of Adam Back was trying to figure out a way to limit the amount of spam he was getting by email. Spam is predicated on being able to send large numbers of emails at low cost. But if each individual email involves effort and thus cost, then the spam becomes uneconomic and so less likely to happen. Back proposed an idea that emails should contain evidence that some kind of effort had gone into their composition, a proof of work. An email that contains some kind of proof of work is an email that is less likely to contain spam. He developed a system called Hashcash. This added a textual stamp to the header of an email. It was proof that the sender had expended a certain amount of time in writing and sending the email. Several years later, another computer programmer, Hal Finney, built on Back's proof-of-work system. Finney's idea was that each proof-of-work could be reused, so that the work that went into them would not have to be repeated. He called it reusable proof-of-work. If a hash cash stamp could become a token denoting a certain amount of work, it would have some kind of value. In other words, hash cash stamps could work as a form of digital money. Finney was highly regarded in the computer programming world, but his system never saw any economic use. Until Satoshi Nakamoto. When Nakamoto first designed Bitcoin, his key idea was that money should have a cost of production. If something takes effort, then it has value. If no effort goes into something, why on earth should it have any value? If a government can just digitally create money, why should it have any value? If, however, some work has gone into money's production, then that's different. It has value. Nakamoto also wanted a deflationary system of money, a system whereby the purchasing power of the money increases over time. So, he decided to limit the supply of his money to a maximum of 21 million coins. But he couldn't create the coins all at once, it had to be gradual. So, how to create coins? 
how to disseminate them and how to maintain the system. His ingenious solution to it all was what he called mining, a digital replication of the process by which gold and silver are produced. Just as gold and silver cost money to mine, so do bitcoins. However, you don't mine bitcoins with picks, shovels and drills, but with computers. You can set up a gold mining company and start digging in your back garden if you like, but there's no guarantee you'll find anything. It's the same with bitcoin. You can rig up some computers and start bitcoin mining, but there's no guarantee you will get some coins out of it. But there is a chance you will strike gold, or successfully mine coins. The better your gold or bitcoin mining operation, the more powerful your drills, the better your geologists or your computers, the better the chance you'll strike gold or bitcoin. And the potential reward is such that people take the risk. Every 10 minutes a block of new bitcoins is created, or mined, to use the correct parlance. Thousands of bitcoin mining operations around the world, thousands of powerful computers, compete with each other to mine the block. The winner gets the newly mined bitcoins. It is the combined power of all these computers that processes all the transaction and maintains the network. Early bitcoins like surface gold were easy to mine. There wasn't much competition, the network was small. But as bitcoin evolved, the mining process grew more intense. The more intense the mining process, the more resilient bitcoin becomes. In the past, to make a building safe, you would build a wall or a moat around it. Bitcoin's blockchain is protected by a metaphorical digital wall or moat made secure by all the energy expended securing it. It would take an equivalent amount of energy to tear it down and as such is almost impossible to do. Its power consumption is why it is so formidable. Money is stored energy. You expend energy working and in exchange receive money. You can then expend that stored energy later and receive in exchange a product or service, somebody else's stored energy. As humans have developed from the agricultural revolution, when we started to use animals to labour for us, to the industrial revolution, when we started to use machines, to today's digital age and computers, we have consumed more energy per capita. Energy consumption is part of progress. Everything requires energy. Even the energy required for a simple Google search is enough to power a light bulb for several minutes. And as human beings have progressed, we have found better means to provide that energy. Bitcoin is a digital asset minted from energy. It is stored digital energy. That is why it has value. Bitcoin's electricity consumption is not a fault. It is not a flaw. It's a feature. You might think that another person's activity is a waste of energy. They might not think so, it's subjective. Bitcoiners will say that Bitcoin mining is an extraordinarily good use of power. What you get in exchange is a monetary network that is extraordinarily robust, permissionless, censorship-free and resistant to state actors. No coiners will say it's an unethical waste. That is the essential argument that will rage and rage almost indefinitely. But at least you now understand why the network consumes so much energy. Now you can make a more informed judgement on whether that energy consumption is valid or not. And if you don't think it is, don't use the network. Dominic Frisby, me, is the author of Bitcoin, the Future of Money, published in 2014.